Hey, friend, how's it going? Hey, really good. How about you? Doing pretty good, pretty good. Um, so welcome back to our listeners. And to quickly recap our last episode, we talked with our special guest, Taylor, about getting involved during college, both on and off campus, um, the importance of networking, and how we all decided to get involved when we were in college. Yeah, lots of really great points and takeaways. You should definitely go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already. Today, we're going to expand on that idea a little bit. Um, Have you ever heard the quote, life is a journey, not a destination? Yes, it makes me want to sing a song. Ooh, can we hear it? No, ma'am. Oh, come on. (laughs) Been waiting for Devante to sing all day. (laughs) So it's something that Ralph Waldo Emerson said, and I think it can apply to a lot of different aspects of life, but most obviously travel, right? So it's kind of the idea that during a journey, the things you learn and the people you meet along the way can be more impactful than where you actually end up. Ah, okay. I feel it. I feel it. So there are lots of different ways to get involved and grow as a person. Um, Generally speaking, school and travel are two really awesome ways to do that. You can learn about new cultures, expand your mind, and also meet new people. So why not combine the two? I love it. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. This is Wallet Watch brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. I'm your host, Catherine. And I'm Devante. Alrighty, welcome back. Um, so today for the podcast, we have a really exciting guest with us. We have Gloria. Welcome, Gloria. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I've been an intern with the credit union for almost two years now. Um, I'm going into my fourth year at MSU with a major in marketing and I'm minoring in international business and sales leadership. And yeah, I'm just really excited to be here. Yeah, we're super excited to have you. Yeah, so today we'll be just having a conversation about studying abroad, what those benefits look like and things like that. And we know that Gloria loves to travel. So to get started, just let us know how you decided that you wanted to travel. I've always loved traveling and going to new places. Um, The longest I've ever been abroad was three months and I had the opportunity to do a semester abroad. So I really couldn't pass that up. But I mean, I wasn't 100% sure that I want to do it until I left for the airport, Mm -hmm. and I did it. And what do you think? Was it a good decision? Yes. It was the best decision I could have ever made. That's so awesome. Um, How did you decide, like, how did you figure out what, I guess, when the best time for you to travel abroad was? Was it kind of like just an opportunity came up, or was it something you had planned for? So, when I first came to MSU, I saw those opportunities to study abroad, and I knew I had to do it. And I knew I had to do it for at least a semester because I had that opportunity. Um, I think junior year was the best time to do it because, you know, the first few years being in school, you're still getting a feel of things. And then by junior year, it's kind of like, okay, what else can I do? What else is out there? So I think that the spring of your junior year is probably the best time to study abroad, and that's when I did it. And I was really happy with my decision. Awesome. That's so great. Alrighty, so in addition to deciding when you would travel, how did you decide where you would go? So originally I wanted to go to Sydney, Australia because Australia. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But really thinking about it, I thought about, well, my minor's international business, so I wanted to go to a place that is building their, you know, business realm and their economy and I wanted to go to a place that spoke a different language because Australia speaks English and that's not very new 
and I ended up deciding on Hungary for a number of reasons. First of all, it was part of the Soviet Union until 92, so it was totally building into that capital society and innovative, and the history is just crazy between World War II and being part of the Soviet Union. There was just so much to experience and so much to learn from this new place that I've barely even heard of, so that's why I decided on Budapest in Hungary. Oh, cool. That's so awesome. It sounds like you I don't, had some really great reasons, school and cultural and things like that, just to go visit there yeah. and study abroad there. That's really cool. <laughs> Thank you. So you mentioned that you did um, an internship abroad, you volunteered abroad, and you've also studied abroad. I'm curious, how do you find all these awesome opportunities? Um, so Google. The first time that I wanted to have an internship abroad, I just Googled it. I decided on Tel Aviv because they have so many startups and it's such a business city. And I Googled it, I found it, I applied, you know. And then it's also meeting people while studying. So someone that I went to Israel with told me about an opportunity to volunteer in Buenos Aires in Argentina. So by meeting them, I found out how to get that and I met even more people when I was in Argentina. And then when I was studying abroad in Hungary, a lot of those people were studying abroad also in Europe and I got to connect with them. So it's like having your own traveling network. Mm -hmm. You know, once you find those opportunities on Google, which there's so many of them, you get to talk to people and see how they found those, like their opportunities. Mm -hmm. Wow, the stamps that you must have in your passport. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and how cool that now that like, you're so well-traveled. I'm sure you're like passing these tips on to other people and it's just continuing this chain. People, our podcast listeners are now going to get so <laughs> many good tips from you and it's going to continue building from there. Yeah, I mean, it was really cool because when I was in Europe, you know, I'd text a friend who was studying abroad in France or in Spain or in Italy. I could go to that country and have my own personal tour guide and then tell them what I loved about Hungary. And mm -hmm. it is like a network mm -hmm. of travelers, but they're also your friends because you travel with them, you know? Yeah. Alright, so what surprised you most about studying abroad? Honestly, how easy it was once I got there. Um, once, you know, I figured out where I'm living and unpacking and all the paperwork and the visa and everything else. Making friends and doing things, traveling, because I was in Europe and Hungary is in the middle of Europe, it was so easy to go to other countries. I ended up hitting 14 countries in four months, which was... Oh my gosh. Wow. Unheard of, yeah. right? That's crazy. But I found like $12 plane tickets or like $30 bus tickets and it was like, why not? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I have to take advantage of that. Kind exactly. Of thing. Yeah. So that's really what surprised me is I was so nervous and I was like, oh my gosh, how is this going to work? What am I going to do? And it was a lot easier than I expected it to mm -hmm. be. Okay. All right, so because we are, you know, the credit union, you've got to tie it back to, you know, money somehow. <laughs> mm -hmm. How did you prepare financially to study abroad? So I knew that I wanted to study abroad for a while. And what I would do is I would take a certain amount of money out of every paycheck. You know, some weeks if rent wasn't due, I would take 50 to 100. If rent was due, a simple 20. Didn't make that big of a difference in the moment. And then, you know, right when study abroad was coming up, I looked at my bank account and I was like, wow, like I just covered half of the cost just by taking out those small amounts. Mm -hmm. I also looked into scholarships and took out loans and it was a process, but I think I just kept in mind like I have to find what's best for me and that is out there. Yeah. You know, so 
a lot of talking on the phone, a lot of problem solving. I feel like anything that's worth doing is never going to be easy, so you got to put in that work ahead mm -hmm. of time. Exactly. To make it, make it happen, I guess. Yeah. So you mentioned scholarships. How easy or hard was it to find scholarships for studying abroad? So I think you just have to remember that there are resources out there. I, when I first heard scholarships, I'm like, how, you know, how do people do this? I talked to my advisor, I talked to a professor, I talked to fellow students, and they talked to me about it. But I know that if I was just sitting in my room and thinking scholarships, scholarships, it wouldn't get done. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to go out there, you have to see your options, you have to be active about it, you know? Talk to your advisor, talk to the people that know about these scholarships and know about these opportunities, and that really helped me out a lot. Okay. It's important to tap your resources and know that like you're not alone like if you don't you've got to just start but know like who you can reach out to about it too yeah exactly especially being in a university there's so many resources yeah you have to take advantage of those yeah. i feel like you have to remember like the university wants you to have the best experience possible too so that you don't feel bad utilizing those resources yeah so what do you think was the hardest part about studying abroad the hardest thing i think is getting out of your comfort zone because things are going to be different. You know, the way that people interact with each other, the way that you get around a new city, the way you do the little things. Like if you get sick, where do you go? Trying new foods. And once you get out of that mentality of everything has to be like it is at home, that's when you kind of start to appreciate you're in a new place and be okay with it. But it's getting out of that comfort zone and being in an unfamiliar place with unfamiliar people and saying like this is okay like even if i hate it i'm going home so eventually yeah so like it's okay so that was probably the hardest part for me was those first few days of like this is different mm -hmm. Alrighty. so are you a spontaneous person when you travel <laughs> or do you feel like there needs to be a concrete plan and let's just follow this so <laughs> i'm definitely spontaneous when i travel I don't like following a plan. I will, you know, before I get to a new city, like if I've never heard of the city before, I'll research it, see the first pop-ups on Google. Yeah, I like to just see what the city has, you know, because there will be random markets or random musicians on the street or you'll bump into random people and just strike a conversation with them. And for me, that's what traveling all about is getting a feel of the city rather than running from landmark to museum to restaurant. But that's not how it is for everybody. Yeah. I know that I have one way and then a lot of people have a different way. Mm -hmm. So there's no right or wrong. It's just how you want to do it. So while you were studying abroad, did you have like your friends that you made and that network that you created? Did you have times that like you're really spontaneous but someone else is very detail oriented? And it was like, how did you deal with traveling with like that? Absolutely. Especially when, you know, my first trip was to Vienna after being in Hungary for about three days, like before classes even started. So you know, you meet people, you have fun at a dinner, and you're like, yeah, let's go to a new country together. Why not, right? Okay. So in the beginning, it was pretty difficult because it's like they have this whole itinerary of this museum, this place, you know, we have to do this all set up. And to me, it's like, I don't want to. Like, I don't want to run. I just kind of want to do my thing. So in the beginning, it was butting heads and 
But you have to understand that people like different things and everybody's traveling, so everybody wants to have a good time. And I think that we came to the conclusion of, you know, comparing schedules, comparing what we want to do, meeting up for the things we both want to do, meeting up for a meal, but, you know, just respecting that everyone wants to do their own thing. And it's not a bad thing. Like, I went to one museum while everyone else went to another museum, and then we compared notes. And if they wanted to go to the museum I wanted to go to, they could, Mm -hmm. you know? So it was after those first few arguments that things kind of got... Everyone found their place yeah. and their way. What works best for them and everything. Yeah, exactly. What are some essential items that you need to have with you while you're traveling? Um, so first, passport, if you're going from country to country. Important. Very important. <laughs> there are a lot of times where people got to the border and didn't have it. Really? Yeah, so definitely passport. Um, definitely your phone and your phone honestly has anything you need. It has your GPS, it has the way you communicate with people, it has, you know, you can look up anything on it and if you have your phone and you have, you know, all those applications that can help you get around, you need that. You need currency, I would say, because mm-hmm. they don't take credit card in a lot of places, especially if you're in a market, you know, you want some water, mm-hmm. just some currency of whatever country you're in. Um, I would recommend bringing your student ID because most of the time there are really good deals to get into, you know, some sites, churches, tours, hikes, that kind of thing. And then I would suggest like a backpack, like a little purse, something, just in case you stumble upon some souvenirs or you want to bring back pamphlets or carry your water, your camera, whatever else that you bring with you. Hmm, so interesting. So your like MSU student ID would work while you were traveling abroad like this? Being that it's from the U.S., it didn't, they still accepted it and everything. Yeah, they did, and I just kept it in my phone. I didn't even think about it, but every time we went to a museum, like, okay, eight euros for adults, but five euros for students, and I'm like, oh, sweet, I just saved three euros. Nice. It was really easy. Yeah. That's really cool. What are the must-have apps that every traveler should download before takeoff? The GPS app, absolutely. I use a bunch of different ones because... You know, you have Apple Maps, you have Google Maps, and they show you different things depending on, you know, sometimes it's easier to walk with one versus drive with another versus Mm -hmm. use public transportation with another. Waze was one we use, and just having that variety to see different routes. Um, Most countries have something similar to Uber and Lyft, but it isn't Uber and Lyft. So it's called Taxify, I think, in Hungary, but just finding that app of that country and having that you know if you're stuck somewhere if you don't know the transportation if you just want to be somewhere that you know somewhere else Mm -hmm. so having that app having a credit card on it makes it really easy an app that i use every day is called omeo and you put in the city you're in and the city you want to go to and it shows you the cheapest way to get there like i found an $11 bus ticket to Ljubljana, Slovenia from Budapest, and I found a $12 plane ticket from Berlin, Germany to Budapest, Hungary. So, wow. yeah, I checked it every day, and you know, prices fall and rise every day, so that actually chose where I went some weekends, because I was like, oh, look at this $90 plane ticket to Israel. Why not? Yeah. So, that. Um, Airbnb and Hostel World, are two apps that we used a lot. I mean, Airbnb, you know, a place to stay. Hostel World, I actually learned about right before I left. 
and you put in the city that you're in and it shows you every hostel in the area and it's so cheap like I found rooms that were $12 a night and it's definitely an experience because you're sharing a room with like 11 other people that you don't know it's like a big sleepover you know from all over the world but a lot of the time they're in very good locations like right in city center and it's an experience you yeah. know it's so cheap it's a place to stay whatever yeah. it's kind of part <laughs> of like the study of right I feel like when I talk to other people that have you know traveled or whatever like the hostels are just like the most cost-effective way mm-hmm. to stay somewhere so I feel like that's part of the experience and it's so easy you know like the day of we're like okay we're here where are we gonna sleep tonight and mm-hmm. just kind of find we're like oh right there perfect <laughs> great <laughs> I feel like that's probably also something that you want to have ahead of time because you don't want to be in a situation that, like, it's not, you don't have it already on your phone. Mm-hmm. All right, and to kind of, you know, wrap it all up, what was your biggest learning moment during your time traveling? Um, the biggest thing I took away from going to a different country without, you know, anyone, my parents, anyone, was you have to keep an open mind. Like, Things will go wrong, you'll lose things, people will yell at you, you'll get lost. It won't be easy to communicate with especially the locals. And that's okay. You know, if you miss a flight, if you lose something, if you get yelled at, it's really okay. The biggest thing is you have to keep an open mind. You can't really get frustrated. You can't, you know, if something happens, say, okay, I'm done. I want to go home and let it ruin your entire experience. Well, thanks for chatting with us today. I think this was super informational. I know I learned a ton. I never had a chance to, or I never took advantage of the opportunity to study abroad, so it's something that I wish I would have looked more into. Um, You're making me want to go back to school (laughs) and take advantage of that. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. (laughs) I feel so inspired and want to go study abroad now. Yes. You know, I like to relate things back to money, as you like to say. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> so one of my <laughs> big takeaways guy. was Gloria's saving strategy. You know, she took increments um, from her pay and saved it over a period of time. And then she talked about how she didn't even realize how much of an impact that had made when she went back and checked her account. And when I was thinking about studying abroad when I was in school, financing was really the top of mind. So to actually hear her saving strategy, I definitely think it can help someone. Yeah, for sure. Because you think of really any kind of travel, it's going to be expensive. You got a plane ticket, you got to stay somewhere, you got to pay for a hotel or hostel or whatever. But at the end of the day, you've got to just start no matter how big that number is, you got to start somewhere, right? right? So I think that's a really great way to do it. One of the things that she mentioned that I thought was super interesting were travel items and different apps. Of course, needing your passport, phone, and some currency are things that come to mind, but also your student ID is an item that might be left at home that you don't know how much potential it actually has for discounts. For apps, she mentioned the multiple GPS apps, and there are different functionalities of that. The Omeo app, which can get you from country to country at an inexpensive cost, and then also Hostel World and Airbnb for lodging needs. Yeah, really great recommendations. Yeah. Pretty good. I would say... The biggest thing for me was 
her recommendation for traveling, which is basically just keeping an open mind. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes for not even just studying abroad, but really venturing into any unknown territory. Keeping an open mind can also help you to have the most fun and to come away with so many great experiences. And then knowing that there are going to be hiccups along the way, but just stay steadfast and really just open to the experience. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And now it's time for the CU Spotlight. MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union have many products and services for our members. We have multiple checking, savings, and loan options. Our checking accounts have what you need. Whether you prefer no minimum balance, earning dividends, or a customized debit card, we have the perfect account for you. You'll enjoy surcharge-free access to over 30,000 ATMs nationwide. Near or far, we are wherever you are. Our checking accounts also include access to free direct deposit, free bill payment, and free access to your FICO score. From standard savings and money market accounts to certificates, we offer a variety of dividend paying accounts to fit your needs. Our multiple loan options include personal loans, auto loans, mortgages, and multiple credit card offerings. From low interest rates to tiered benefits, we have the right product for you. If you'd like to find out more or become a member, please visit msufcu.org. Wild Watch is written, hosted, and produced by Katherine Hurth and me, Devontae Montgomery. Our executive producers are Whitney Anderson Harrell and Lauren Kalarzik. Wallet Watch is brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. You can find more episodes of this show at our credit union's website, financial40.org, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in our next episode.